believe God's going to minister tonight in a, in a powerful way. I wanted to be outside. It's a beautiful evening. It's it's uh, it's warm, but it's just windy enough out of an odd direction that I was having a hard time finding, keeping my uh, pages from blowing, uh, my ceiling fans blowing my pages a little bit, but not like it was outside. And I, I went out there, did a test run, and I thought I don't want to, I don't want that distraction. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> we're going to. Uh, we're going to get ready and get prepared, and those that are coming in will be able to come in as we, uh, as we do. Wrong one. She had a 50-50 chance to shut the fan off. Praise God. I'm, I'm just excited. You know, it's fun to be in our, in our home. I, I wish that all of you could be here together. Uh, soon, I believe we will be back to Sailborn uh, in some capacity. I'm being optimistic, maybe uh, overly optimistic, but I, I also believe that uh, there's those that are about ready to revolt. So. I think we're going to uh, figure out a way in time even to have it uh, uh, drive up. I've said that every week, but uh, this has worked well, and, and so I appreciate your uh, being patient with it. And, uh, you know, we're in this time that's very abnormal. I refuse to call it the new normal. I'm not going to get used to this. I'm just going to continue to call it the abnormal, and, and uh, we're going to walk on through it. But Let's go before the Lord and, and let's pray. Father, we just come before you to, this, tonight and this evening. And, and Lord, we just thank and praise you that as we've set our hearts uh, to come before you, and, and Lord, as, as the Cowboy Church, as, as people who are guests with us tonight, people who uh, maybe this is their first time here, maybe you're going to watch this uh, far from, from the time we do it. Either way, we're, we're thankful that they've taken their time or they give of their time to come before the word, before you, and to join us together. And I, I'm so thankful and blessed to pastor uh, two great churches, and this Cowboy Church is a is a special one. We miss everybody, but Father, I thank you and I praise you that you're watching over, over them and keeping them safe. And, and Lord, we just continue to stand firm with our nation, for our nation, that uh, we are uh, victorious over this uh, virus and the attack of the enemy that's against us. And, Father, we're going to turn to you. We're going to cry out to you. We're going to call upon you. And Lord, as we open your word tonight, as we see in the scripture how uh, Jehoshaphat and others prayed and sought you, I thank you, God, that that's going to be a good example for us to know that that even thousands of years ago they cried out to you and you heard them. And and like we are today, uh, calling upon the name of the Lord, seeking your seeking your face. And hearing your answers and being obedient to, to step out in that. We thank you, Lord, that you're setting us on a new path. You're giving us a way in, in the midst of very challenging times. And Father, we thank and praise you that tonight, uh, there, as those that are that are maybe uh, under great pressure and great concern, great worry, great fear, that Father, you have an answer to all of it. And it's all wrapped up in that relationship with Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray tonight that people would just hear, hear my heart, hear my sincerity, hear you and, and the truth of your word and the hope that comes as a result of it. And so, Father, we just thank and praise you for it. Anoint your word. Anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, boy, I tell you what, if you got your Bibles, turn to uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 13, and we're going to begin there. The Word of God is uh, uh, declares uh, throughout the his word that <clears throat> challenges us to be a people of pray, pray, that praise. I, I've called this, uh, put this title together as uh, Praise Your Way Through. You know, uh, I, I just want to give you something to, 
to do other than walk in fear. Uh, I want to challenge you with some, something that I've seen and soon I've used in our walk with God. Uh, uh, many people that I know have, have lived this way. And because of that, it gives us a, a, an advantage because we tap into the presence of the power of God. You know, uh, a lot of men are not as um, uh, guys that I've talked to. And the reason I use that illustration of men, because I just have recently had a conversation with one who was, he never really studied David. He never really liked that because it, it just seemed too soft. Uh, and uh, But when he began to look at the benefits that came as a result of walking with God and, and having a mindset and an attitude like David. It was amazing uh, how things began to turn for him. But in Hebrews chapter 13, I want us to look at verse 15, and it says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Now just pause right there and, and, and catch what he said. He said, through Jesus, so that's our, our focus, that's our approach, but he says, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Listen, there's times when it's a, it is a sacrifice to praise because it's not easy. It's not our first response or our first desire. It's something that we have to just submit to and choose to do. But he says continually. So he says continue to in all things uh, offer that sacrifice of praise. It says uh, the, the fruit of lips that open profess his name. So the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that open, profess his name, and do not forget to do good and share with others. For with such sacrifice God is pleased. He's, sac he's pleased with us sacrificing our giving to others, sharing with others. But he's also, uh, boy, that sacrifice of praise and that willingness. See, that's a, that's a heart and a decision and a choice. I want us to look at Acts chapter 18. And you, some of you will be familiar with this. I, I shared part of this uh, maybe a month or two ago. I don't know. but uh, And if you've been in the Bible a lot, you'll remember this story. But in Acts chapter 19, 18, uh, the Apostle Paul and uh, Silas are in prison. They were taken and, and stripped and beaten. And uh, they were, that doesn't look right. seeing it in my Bible. Is this the same Bible I thought out of earlier? <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, Acts chapter 16. That's why it didn't look right. I knew I had that underlined and I wasn't seeing anything underlined. Uh, Acts chapter uh, 16. I wrote my notes wrong. But here in uh, this period of time, the Apostle Paul and, and Silas, they were preaching the gospel and they got shut down. They got told not to pray, preach and they were beaten flogged un unfairly, but I just want us to focus on, for the sake of time, I just want to focus on the part where they're imprisoned, not all what got them there. But in verse 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Now, understand something. This was not a, a, a nice prison, a terrible circumstances, con terrible conditions, and they were in stocks. They were, they were put in stocks, so they had no freedom of movement, very uncomfortable, probably sitting on a dirty, wet floor, probably had rats climbing around everywhere, but their, their feet are in those stocks and, and uh, very uncomfortable, but they chose, and they were beaten. They had been uh, severely beaten, but they chose to,
pray and sing psalms. They were praising God. They were declaring the goodness of God. And, and the other prisoners were listening. And it says in verse 26, Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. He was going to kill himself because of it because he knew he, he was going to be treated harshly. And they said, no, don't kill yourself. And he said, what must I do to be saved? Now, that's the short version of that whole story. But I can tell you right there that praise turned their situation around. And in the midst of where we're at tonight, and, and, I, and I think about uh, where some of you are, where fear and concern, maybe feeling like you're trapped in your home, maybe it's uh, concern over finances, concern over the virus. There's many things that lock us into a place of fear or worry or concern or, or a, a weightiness, but in praise and worship, there's something that begins to transform and change on the inside of us because it's a demonstration of our faith. It's, he said they went to God in prayer, but they also went to God in praise. They, they went to God in, in the process of doing that. They were settling and, and, and fixing their eyes on Jesus as, as their source, but they were also getting their eyes off their circumstances and their situations. Listen, they had a good reason to just cry, just be sad, be sorrowful, uh, uh, complain, gripe, be mad. I mean, they, there was all those emotions that could have ruled them, but they choose, chose to put their emotions and make them aside and make them subject to a focus on God and praise to God, and it turned everything around. See, nothing's more powerful than the reality of God's love settling over us. It will begin to affect all the parts of our, of our being. Our emotions, emotions, our senses, it begins to affect our even our to the point of our physical, tangible uh, sense of pre the presence of God when we begin to worship the Lord. Man, what a powerful thing. See, I believe that when people truly come into God's presence and truly experience Jesus in reality that chains are broken off of us that that our prison doors are open you know when Jesus came into the life of people and and they received him or recognized him as Savior and Lord their lives were changed they were transformed you know it wasn't up to, to them to work into earning that it was them receiving what he had to offer that provided those chains broken. Now that begins in, with sin in our life. We don't have to be bound by that. But in time, it, it's the freedom to trust, the freedom to forgive, the freedom to love, the freedom to, to, to experience God in a whole new way and not allow everything of our past and all these other issues to control us uh, and to overwhelm us. Uh, when, we're, when we're consumed by our trouble and we're at the end, that's when we can turn to God. And when we turn to God, that's when he meets us right where we are. I love that. Uh, but I want to I wanna share, uh, and I've, I've resisted getting over here in 2 Chronicles, over in the Old Testament. Uh, I say resisted because I love preaching this. I hadn't preached, I hadn't taught on this for quite a while. But it's such an example. You know, it's coming from the Old Testament, uh, like we've done over the last few weeks, and like I always say, we, we take an Old Testament passage or, or what took place, uh, we apply it through the cross or through what Jesus did as in the New Covenant. 
But I love this story because I see here is uh, uh, Israel's king Jehoshaphat. And uh, he, he's king of, of Judah and Israel. And it says that there was all these kings, a great army coming out against him. We won't uh, read all of that. But in verse 3, when he heard about this army coming against him, it says that he was alarmed. Uh, the, the NIV says, the, the King James says he, he feared. Okay, so I want to tell you how to praise when the alarm is all you're hearing. See, because at first, his first response or his first emotion, it, it, the first thing that hit him was that wave of alarm, that wave of fear, because here comes a, like, three or four kings, three kings against him, three nations against him, three groups of people. A massive army was coming against him, coming to overthrow them. A vast army, it says there in verse 2, is coming against you. And they're, and they're already almost here. I mean, they're close. See, that's kind of the way we feel against this invisible enemy, against this virus, and, and, and now against the effects that we're seeing globally and around the world in every market, in every area, in everything. And you know what? I, I, I just have to sit back and smile because I can't tell you exactly how the chips are going to fall, but I know who's providing my chips, I guess. I know who's going to make a way or supply. If everything changed, God doesn't. And that's the one thing that we can hold as a truth. You know, there's speculation and there's people saying and there's, there's this happening. And, and I don't want to uh, see our America and our nation and our world system and all these things change. But if they did, God's still our source. He's still going to provide. And so that's a lot of what... Uh, uh, I think part of what the Lord just wanted me to help you to understand and be challenged with, I, I turned on the 6 o'clock news tonight, an hour ago, and uh, listened to the report. Well, I watched actually the 5.30, which was the the uh, national news, and, uh, and, and the perspective there. You know, the perspective in Oklahoma is not very tough. I mean, it's comparatively. What we see in Oklahoma, what our restrictions are, is nothing like it is in Massachusetts or in New York City and some of these other the other cities. But I can tell you this: that uh, we don't, it, we're still feeling the effects of it. You, you look at oil prices. Uh, you, you look at the oil and gas industry in Oklahoma and and how that affects our economy and everything here. So there's there's great challenges. There's great things out there coming against us. It's like that army marching towards them. But here's, here's what he did in that alarm. He was alarmed, but yet Jehoshaphat, the rest of verse 3, resolved to inquire of the Lord and proclaim a fast for all Judah. Now, you've got to look at the response here. He, When all you can hear is the alarm, that's a great time. When all you can feel is fear, that's a, a great time. To set your heart to seek the Lord. I love that word that it uses in the in the NIV. He resolved. He settled it. He determined. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to inquire of the Lord. He took the information from his, from his leaders. His leaders said, we got, we got a vast army coming, and they're already uh, right down here, not very far away. They're on the way. And all of a sudden, he didn't go, okay, so what are we going to do? Get the troops, get rallied, let's get a game plan, let's get... No, he said, he stopped. 
And he said, I'm going to inquire of the Lord. See, I consider uh, the, the, you know, I have cattle and, and that's a big part of my, our everyday life and, and what we do. Uh, the cattle business and the cattle industry, it's always, you know, there's always challenges. Uh, but in the near future and in the long term, what do we do? I can call different people. You've got business. You've got ideas. You've got resources. We can call those, but the first thing we need to do is inquire of the Lord. So we need to set our heart. The number one thing, how to praise when the alarm is all you hear, is first of all, we need to set our heart to seek the Lord. And, and one of the ways, the best things to do during that time is eliminate distractions. Uh, I wrote down here, if you want extraordinary results, do extraordinary things. You know, when it's a little windstorm, I can look at the radar, pretty well tell if it's something simple. Sue always asked me, should I, you know, do I need to put the car in the shop? You know, do we, do we need to, are we getting, is it going to be hail? Is it, is it going to be a tornado? Do we need to be, you know, in Oklahoma, you, you definitely be weather aware. Every time there's storms coming through tonight, I've already looked at the situation, got a game plan. I know what to do. We know how to respond. But I've got to make sure that I eliminate distractions. It's funny, uh, when the weather comes on, everybody just be, in my house, they just learn everybody just be quiet. I'm not, I'm not hearing anything else. All else, other thing, everything else dies down because I'm focused on what the news, the weatherman is going to give me. And then I'm going to take that information and make my plan. Well, see, that's what he's doing. He's saying, I'm, taking, I'm separating myself, all the noise, all the voices, everything else, and I resolve I'm going to inquire the Lord. But let me ask you something. When the alarm's sounding and the challenges are there, are you able to inquire the Lord and have a hearing ear? See, one of the things that, that he did, he, he proclaimed a fast. See, I challenged you, when in extraordinary, if we want extraordinary results, sometimes we have to do extraordinary things. There have been seasons and times, and this is a good one to do it, that, that Sue and I have spent time in a, a, a time period of fasting, in a time period of excess, extra prayer time where, where we took and we spent, and we always spend time in prayer. We always spend time studying the Word, but there's that 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 time of extra. Sometimes the, the, we need to, to fast and pray. You know, it's interesting. He said he called them all. I wish that, I wish that uh, President Trump could say, all right, we're calling a fast. We're inquiring of the Lord. Now, we know how that would go over with a lot of people in America, and that may be part of the reason we're in the trouble we're in. But I can guarantee you this, that we as a people can make that choice individually. And God will still hear on our behalf. And I, and I believe that we can stand in as a nation, and there are those that are standing in as a nation. So nationally, I'm going to leave that aside, and I'm just going to focus on us. You and your household, you and your nation, you and your tribe, you and your, your, you and your group, you and your church, you you can declare a a set aside time that you're going to set aside the distractions and you're going to proclaim a fast. Now let me challenge you about a fast. Fasting changes you, not God. You don't fast so you can get God to do what you want. You, you we we fast so that we get the distractions out of the way and we put the flesh under. One of the valuable things that that some 
if you fast and you understand the, the principles of that, man, you, you understand how valuable that can be uh, as a, a way to eliminate those distractions because what you're doing is you're telling your flesh when you don't eat or when you uh, set aside uh, certain things that, that, that really are control. You know, I, I fast coffee. You know, I like coffee in the morning. I, I want, you know, that. You can fast some of you chocolate or chocolate cake. I mean, you can fast different things. But depending on how important it is, you may want to fast, uh, obviously with wisdom, but fast certain amounts of food, certain types of food. But do something that's a sacrifice. Do something that's a challenge to you so that you're telling your flesh, your flesh is, oh, oh, I need some chocolate. I, ooh, got to have some chocolate. Well, you're not going to die if you don't have any chocolate. But your body says, oh, I'm going to die if I don't have some of you. And then I'm going to die if I don't have some chocolate. Well, here's the thing. Can you put your flesh under? Let's turn to, hold your place there because we're going to come back there. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I tell you what, I saw some scripture today as I was studying this. I thought, man, this is, this is some awesome stuff. You're going to love this. Some of, you, some of you already wanting to turn me off because uh, you don't want me talking about not eating. You don't have to fast. I'm just challenging you to, to do more. If you want extraordinary results, do extraordinary things. And so I challenge you with that. But we're going to get to some other things. Don't, don't turn me off. Just hang in there. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. In verse 24 it says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? I love it the way... Uh, the Apostle Paul teaches this. Uh, he's just relating it to athletics. He says, we all run, but only one gets the prize. So he said, run in such a way as to get the prize. You know, how many times do we just, I mean, I don't want to get to heaven and find out I had all these resources, all these uh, abilities, all these things that I could have tapped into and realize that I didn't, I didn't put them to use. And, and I, obviously, I'm sure that we'll all get there and miss, and, and there's some things that we, we missed that we could have uh, received, walked in, or had better. But man, I want to do everything I can to receive, and I want you to receive everything you can from God. So let's run the race in a way that gets the prize. Look at verse 25. He says, everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. He said, man, we're, we're in training. And he's talking about the race that we run as Christians. We're in training. I mean, that's why I teach like I teach. That's why, that's why I get excited about the Word of God. Because this is what transformed my life. This is what has, has made a difference for me. I, I teach the things that God that I went through that God transformed in my life. And, uh, and so this is what he's talking about. He says, they go into strict training. They do not, they they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. Man, I don't, I don't want to run this race aimlessly. I don't want to just do it haphazardly. I, I want to get and receive and tap into all the things of God that I can receive. And it says, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. In other words, a shadow boxer. No, I, I strike a blow. Notice he says... To my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others I may not be disqualified from the prize he says I get my body and I beat it into subjection I get my body 
and I, and I make it subject to me. In other words, he says, listen, my flesh wants to sleep in. But in extraordinary times, when I need to be seeking God, hearing and inquiring of the Lord, because of this great battle that's come against us as a nation, I don't care who you are, there is, there, there, there we all will feel effects from this in just the natural world we live in. So we all ought to be seeking God at a higher level. God, what is my part? What do I need to do? How do I get through this? You know, it was awesome to me. Uh, uh, Bill uh, King posted on Facebook he needed to uh, help with getting medicine. Some of you know him. A lot of you know him. And, and I, this was out on Facebook, so I'm not sharing his personal uh, information. But he said, I don't know how I'm going to do this. This that this is like, I think he said $2,400 a month, this medicine that he needed, his cancer medicine, and he had no way that he, had no way that he knew of to do it. Well, he, he said something about that. Well, uh, I guess he, he was watching uh, Sunday morning, and I, I was teaching at Carrier, I was teaching about expectancy. Have an attitude and a mindset of expectancy. And he said, I'm expecting, I'm expecting. In fact, I forgot to ask you tonight if you were expecting. That's the thing I do at the beginning of Cowboy Church uh, usually. But he, he, he began to pray with that expectancy, and somebody showed up, and he's got it free of charge. It, it, there, there's, I don't know, I don't even know how he got it, but it, it, he, he posted on there, you know, God provided my need in a way he couldn't have done uh, otherwise. See, I, I want us to make sure that we're receiving all that God has for us, and part of our doing that, in doing that, is putting our trust, our hope, our faith, and, and holding fast, putting our body under so that our flesh can't hold us back. The the, the thing sometimes we want to do is we want to sleep in. Well, see, if I'm, if I'm determined I'm going to seek God, my flesh is absolutely every morning going to want to hit the snooze three or four times. It, it's, every, it's not going to want to get up. It's going to want to shut the alarm off. It's going to make excuses. You know, you've been working really hard. You know, you, you, you got to bed late. Whatever. I mean, there's a lot of excuses why we, our body tries to rule us. Oh, and so that's what that that's what that fasting does. That fasting tells my body, begins to train me to not follow my flesh or my body so that I can pray longer, so that I can uh, set aside time, so that I can uh, be where I need to be, ruled or led by my spirit man. See, we want to get to a place that we begin to be led by our spirit rather than our flesh. Look at Romans chapter 8. Uh, another great example, I said, uh, I think it was Sunday morning, I said that if I could only have one chapter out of the Bible, it would be Romans chapter 8. Because it covers so many good things. And here's another great illustration, verse uh, 12. I love this. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 12. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, so he's talking to Christians, talking to you and me, if you've made Jesus Lord of your life. He says, uh, we have an obligation. <laughs> we have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. Our obligation is not to live according to the flesh. But he goes on in verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body and you will live. So he said, notice, he said, by the Spirit, or with the Holy Spirit's help, but more importantly, Learning to follow our spirit, you, you and me as believers, put to death 
the deeds or the misdeeds. That's a nice way of saying sin. Nice way of saying the, the failed attempts. That, that's the, the nice way of saying being led by your flesh or, and, and, and ruled by it. He said, we put to death the misdeeds of the flesh. I like what it says down here in uh, my commentary. It says, put to death the misdeeds of the body means to regard as dead the power of sin in your body. When we regard sin's appeal as dead and lifeless, we can ignore the temptation when it comes. See, we're, we're training for reigning. We're training for living the life that he's talking about, that, that Zoe God kind of life. He, we're being trained in how to walk that walk in a way that enables us to uh, go before God without distractions and inquire Him. To look into Him while the alarm's sounding. See, we need the ability, and I, I know that uh, those that are trained, military training, uh, uh, law enforcement training, many of those things, emergency type training, they have to be trained. You, you train yourself to respond regardless of all the distractions, all the things, to be able to focus, to do, uh, and control yourself. That's that same thing spiritually. See, the, the flesh, the enemy, will work on our flesh, and he'll cause us to constantly be... Uh, ruled by it so that it keeps us from being in, in that best position to do the second thing. And the second thing I want to share with you is that, uh, is that you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Well, wait a minute. I, I, want, to, I want to turn. First of all, let's, let, wait a minute. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. I about forgot this. Galatians chapter 5. I'm spending more time on point one than I'm going to spend on the others. But in, in Galatians chapter 5, uh, we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit. We're talking about uh, uh, putting down the flesh. And he says in verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So against such there is no law. So he, he gives us the standard that we're supposed to pursue, and that's the love, the the fruit of the Spirit. But those are things that are attributes of our spirit now because the Spirit of God lives and dwells on the inside of us. But you know, we've still got this flesh and we've still got our mind, will, and emotions. We've still got our soulish nature that gets in the way. But by fasting or set and setting aside distractions, it gives us a special advantage to do something extra, extraordinary, to put ourselves in a position that we're ruled by those things. Now notice he says in verse 24, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. He says, man, I'm, I'm putting those things as dead. You know how many times when I first began to walk with God, my, my struggle was that I couldn't quit sinning. And, and I, I know none of you know what I'm talking about, right? Now, we've all been in that place where, where we've said, Man, I, I want to live for God. I try to live for God, but I fall into sin. And, and maybe you've walked past it or walked through that. Maybe you still struggle in those things. But, you know, what I began to do is I began to speak that scripture. I thank you, Lord, that I walk. The fruit of the Spirit is living and dwelling in me. Therefore, it's affecting or it's coming out of me. And, and it's, it's being manifest. And I put to death or I crucify my flesh. I don't give it right, the right to rule me. I'm not going to be walking in fear. I'm not going to be consumed by worry, anxiety. Those are, those are emotions 
that are offset by the peace of God. That's a that and the patience of God. Those are things that are the fruits of the Spirit that are on the inside of us, but when they're overcome by all of our flesh emotions and, and all of our soulish emotions, then then we can't. We're not as in tune and in that place when we go inquire of the Lord. So another benefit of fasting is crucifying that flesh, putting it under. Since we, the verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit or walk by the Spirit. Keep in pace with Him. Well, listen, that all that process of what I'm talking about, that's what we've been doing on, on our morning prayer times, that's talking about how spending time with God, dedicating the first part of our prayer to just hallowing and worshiping the name of God, praising and worshiping God, then declaring, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, setting our heart to be in that place. But see, uh, if we're not careful, we'll get bored, we'll get distracted, we'll sleep in. There's a lot of things that our flesh will, will frankly, just keep us from getting in that place of hearing and receiving and, and uh, realizing uh, being in that place. But, you know, whenever we've settled that, even though the alarm's still sounding, when we've settled these things and we've put that flesh down and we've put ourselves in a position... We can walk, come boldly to the throne of grace like Hebrews 14, 16 says, or 4, 16 says. So you're right there. Turn over to Hebrews chapter uh, 4. Just head towards Revelations, a couple of books. Hebrews chapter 4. And uh, <clears throat> we're in verse 16. I quote this quite a bit. I wanted you to turn over there uh, so that you can see this. Uh, it says... Let us, and there's other verses above it, but for time we're going to stay with 16. He says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. With confidence or boldness. Come, the King James says, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain help and mercy. Or mercy and help in time of need. Man, what a, what a great statement. I love that. It says, come with confidence. See, when we have set aside distractions, we've put down the flesh, we, we've We've dealt with sin. We've been uh, obedient and yielded to Him in our heart. And we're looking to Him. Man, there's absolutely nothing that keeps us from walking or coming boldly into the throne of grace, into God's presence, calling upon Him. It says, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Man, that's an that's a awesome thing. See, come boldly literally means without reservation, with frankness and open speech. So we can come in there boldly. Now we're not going in there, God, you got to do this, or God, you do that. We're not saying that. But you can come boldly and confidently to ask or to approach God to receive His mercy for our, for our past and, and find His grace for our present and our future. But we find those things in our time of need. And in that grace and in that mercy, He gives us the ability to, to uh, begin to call upon the name of the Lord. He says, we approach the throne of grace not and not judgment. We obtain mercy for past. This was the statement that I wrote down. And grace for our present and future. Now let's go back to Second uh, Chronicles. And I want us to look at, at, at more of this. Man, I, I just love this teaching. Because he resolved to inquire the Lord. You remember in verse 3. Second Chronicles, that's back in the Old Testament. Uh, chapter 20. And it says that the, the, the people of Judah 
Notice verse 4. The people of Judah came together to seek the Lord, seek help from the Lord, and indeed they came from every town in Judah to seek Him. So they, He called for the fast, and they set themselves in agreement. They came together boldly before God. Now notice in verse 5, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, and I had to pause right here because he, the, the power, there is such a power in, in how we speak. See, he didn't come sheepishly, fearfully, uh, arrogantly, in an attitude of, of complaining. He came boldly there resolving, we're inquiring of God, and he came making a declaration, and uh, he began, notice how he, he began, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You, uh, you ruled over all the kingdoms of the nations, power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand, can withstand you. He, he made a declaration of who God was. See, when, when we come before God and we begin to pray, when the alarm sounded, we can come before God and we can come before God in such a way that we say, God, I thank you that you are, you are God. That's why we begin our prayer time hallowing the name of God, saying, God, I thank you that you're Jehovah El Shaddai, you're Jehovah uh, Jireh, my provider. You're El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. And all those names of God, and, and, and if you don't know all those Hebrew names, you don't have to know them. Just know, God, I thank you that you're the God who gives me peace. I thank you, God, that you're the God who gives me strength. I thank you, God. And find some of those psalms. But talk about in, your, in that time of, of celebrating, declaring, and, and boldly stating who God is. Because that, God doesn't need to hear that. You need to hear that. And maybe the devil needs to hear that. And maybe your, your other people around you need to hear that. This is where we stand before a God who is more than enough. Now he goes on there in verse 7. He says, Oh God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people of Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? See, he, he re remembers what he did. See, the first thing he, he established who God was. The second thing he did is he, he said, Here's what you've done, God. I always tell you. Recite your victories. Remember the time when, when God showed up and, and, and healed you or saved you or provided for you or supplied. And if you don't have any of your own stories, go to these. And God, you're the God who parted the Red Sea. You're the God who shut the mouths of lions. I mean, make those kind of declarations. You're the one who demonstrated your heart and your will in the life of Jesus as he walked this earth. Man, just begin to be bold. And, and, and verse, I love this in verse 9. The next thing he did is he, he established where they were going to stand. Here in verse 9 it says, if calamity comes upon us, whether, and, and, then, he, and then he narrows down or identifies a type of calamity. He said, if calamity comes upon us, whether it's sword of judgment or plague, sounds like a virus, a plague or a famine sounds like a time where there's not enough. We will stand in your presence before this temple which bears your name and cry out to you in our distress. He establishes right there where they were going to stand. He said, 
As for me, as for my household, as for this nation, I mean, but, but what we can declare, as for me. I mean, there's times when I just had to grit my teeth and stand up and take my Bible and do just like I'm doing you now, but I was doing it to me in the mirror or looking at the Word of God because I was overwhelmed by the alarm and I couldn't connect with God in a way to hear Him. But I had already settled. Soon I, whether it was a, a, a kid sick, uh, no money, uh, big business deals, big transition in ministry, somebody we were praying and believing God for, whatever it was, we chose to stand on His Word and declare and say, God, when the if the calamity comes, sort of judgment, plague, famine, we're gonna. Here's where we're gonna be. We're gonna be right here in the temple, named for you. With your name on it. We're going to be standing in your word, in your name, before you. Now notice, notice then he then he says, uh, he says, and you will hear us and save us. You know, he says, uh, he establishes what they're going to do. And then he says, this is what we're believing. That, that last part of that. He says, we're going to, first of all, he said what they're going to do, we're going to cry out to you in our distress. We're not going to come and, and, and uh, complain and, and try to figure everything out. We're going to go to you. And then he says, and, and you will hear us. Why does he say that? Because he's telling God how he's going to be? No, because that's where his faith is. He, he knew that coming to God in this manner, he knew the principles of how God operated he knew God's heart, he knew God's will, he knew God's promises, and he knew God's faithfulness. And he said, and you will hear us. See, that's what I, I'm, I'm encouraging you with. This is why, see, there's some of you need extraordinary things to happen. And it may not, I mean, some of you have things going on in your life that the virus isn't even the issue. It, this was happening in spite of all that. Some of you could be in, in health battles. I know several of you in, in health battles. You know, just like you can believe God for the medicine, let's also believe God to do extraordinary things where healing's concerned. I'm praying with one lady. Uh, she's taking uh, chemo treatments, and, and I told I, I sent her, I said, I'm believing God for the medicine to uh, do its job with limited uh, uh Side effects. Thank you, Susan. I needed some help there. You, you, were, you were delaying. You were trying to mount it to me. Just say it. Yeah. But limited side effects. See, see, I, I want I want the word of God to be at work. But here's here's even better. How about just God just shows up and drives that out? See, that's what I'm believing God for where this virus is concerned. See, I, I don't want to just I, I'm not I'm not looking for a vaccine to be my redeemer. I'm looking for the power of God to raise people off those beds. I think I shared it. I don't know if it's here where I shared it. But you know, we got to have an expectancy, like I was talking about Sunday morning, and an attitude. See, he says, you will hear and you will save. See, this is when I, when I begin to get fired up because I've seen God do this. You know, I've seen God bring and restore circulation in, in a lady's feet that was hours or, well, really minutes away from uh, amputation because of lack of circulation because of diabetes. And her husband and I prayed, and, and God healed those, those, brought the life back in those legs, in those feet. 
you know, those are some of those things, and, and there's many stories like that where, where God still heals today. But sometimes we have this expectancy that's so low, you know, we need to set, our, set the expectancy level a little high. He, he says, regardless, we're looking to you. You'll hear and you'll save. Now, he, he can save in a lot of different ways. But I'm going to tell you what, I, I just want to be out there on the water just a little bit where we can see God do it in a way that President or, or Governor Cuomo may say one time it was us that did it, but all the people are going to say, no, that was God. You know, men can, can renounce God, but this nation is still a God-fearing nation, and as long as we're here praying and believing, I'm believing, that, that when the enemy comes in, that like a flood, God raises a standard against it. That the power of God is available still to heal. Now, we're going to take medicine and all that stuff. That's fine. I'm not, not renouncing that. I'm simply saying, we're going to call on you and we're going to expect you to save. I love it when God just shows up in a bigger way. That people be saved, but they also be healed. That, that, that within that salvation is not just eternal salvation, but also physical healing healing or mental and emotional healing or drug addictions broken, changed all that stuff comes off because we set that expectation and that's what he did now, I don't know how much time I've got, I'm, I'm good I've got lots of time All right. Ver, uh, the third thing is this is that I want to have an ear tuned to hear God's voice, see he did all that he set himself up for those things but he has a, a ear to, to hear See, God spoke. Now, notice it goes on here. Now, he goes on. Let's, let's read 10. Uh, he says, But now here are the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. See, he didn't deny that there was an issue. He just denied its right to rule him and his nation. He said, No, we're going to trust you. Here's, a, here's an army, a bunch of them. They're coming against us. But notice what he says in verse 11. He says, See how they're repaying us for coming for by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. See, the devil would love to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the things he'd love to steal, kill, and destroy is the things that God gave you as a right as a believer. Peace is your God-given right. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's mine. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to consume what is our, that's our inheritance. That's, that's our gift. That's our provision. That's one of them. And there's what, what areas, health or, or, or uh, peace of mind or, or the function of your body, what are things that the devil comes to steal that are your inheritance? See, he's saying, look, they're coming to steal our inheritance. But verse 12, but our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. He identifies, he says, look, we're powerless without you. But he says, we don't know what to do yet. <laughs> you, you, you can plug that in there. It's not saying that. It hadn't said that yet. He says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. See, you know, uh, man thinks they know what to do. You can gain the information, but it says God is our answer. Look at verse 13. It says, All the men of Judah, with their wives and their children and their little ones, stood there before the Lord. 
In verse 14, it says, then. I just circled that word. Then. It says, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite, a descendant of Asaph, and he stood in the assembly. Now, I don't know why I need to read all those words other than I could actually pronounce those fairly well, so I thought I'd show you how, how good I can read the uh, Hebrew <laughs> name there. <laughs> Have a little fun with that, so, since sometimes I don't read them because I, they're hard to read. But notice what he said. Then the Spirit of the Lord showed up. In verse 15, he said, listen. Y'all remember the story of the little boy that kept going, listen, 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 Linda, 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 listen, Linda, listen. I don't know if y'all ever said that. If, you, if you've seen it, you laugh, but it's a YouTube video. It's hilarious because this little boy, about three or four years old, trying to convince his mama or whoever he, he called her Linda, so uh, whoever it was, uh, to listen to him because he knew what he, you know, he, he wanted to be the one to speak. This man heard from God. And he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. This is what they were seeking. God, what do you say? I, I know what the experts say. I know what conditions say. I know what markets say. I know what my paycheck says. I know what my body says. I know what the doctors say. I know all those other re, I know all those other words, and they're valid. They're there. I, I consider them. But God, what do you say? And look at what he said. He says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. And you say, well, that was written some, you know, 4,000 years ago, or however many, I don't know, however many thousands of years ago. That's just written way back there in the Old Testament. Well, same God's living today, same type of armies that we battle, the same situations, and the same God saying, do not be afraid. Didn't say deny what's there. He said, do not be afraid. Don't let it really, uh, rule you. Don't be discouraged because how big it is. I'm telling you, there's times when we when we can get overwhelmed by how big something is and discouragement tries to sit in. Or, or, or maybe you, 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 you bow up and you start to fight, but then, man, it just feels like it's just piling on and you can't overcome. Don't be discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. And I'm going to tell you tonight, we have a part to play, and that is to show up, stand before God, declare where we're going to stand. Be like Jehoshaphat. Determine who God was. Celebrate what He's done. Be where, uh, be determine where you're going to stand in the Word of God. Know that that uh, what we're going to do, what our part is going to be, and and then determine what you're going to believe for. God, I thank you and I praise you that I'm going to have a spirit of expectancy, an attitude of expectancy, based on how big you are versus this virus. That if everything falls down around me. I'm going to hold fast to you, and you will take me through. That's a good word. So he goes on, and he says, uh, and I'm sure if you were here, you'd be saying amen. You can say amen where you're at. <clears throat> now, verse 17 says, will, uh, will you not fight this battle, or you will not fight this battle? Oh, verse 16, sorry, you've got to read that. He said, the battle's not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them, and they will, they will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeru. 
And notice verse 17. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. You do have to take up your positions. you got to show up. you got to set aside the distractions. you got to declare who you're going to serve. you got to not be afraid. you got to determine that you're not going to let discouragement rule you. You're going you're gonna to do the things that you've got to do, putting your faith and trust in God. But it says, take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord will be with you, Judah and Jerusalem. And again, he says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So two times he says it. He says, go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Now, I love that, the way that, that, that he says that. Because, see, we've got to have ears to hear what the Spirit of God says. We, we've got to not be derailed by fear. We can't let the alarm, even though the alarm is still blaring, we can't let that discourage us because of the challenge. And the, and the final thing that we got to do that I wanted to talk about tonight is we just got to be obedient. Man, it seems like I say that a lot. <laughs> we we got to be obedient. That means we got to do our part. We got to step into what God says. Now notice... God said that, and look at verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed down his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down, and they worshiped before the Lord. Uh, uh, the other thing that we got to do is continue to praise. See, we praise God in the beginning. We praise God to hear God's voice, and we praise God because he's given us an answer, even though the end result hadn't come yet. You notice they weren't dancing and praising and writing songs and, and all this after the battle. They did, but they praised before, they prayed and sought God and praised, declaring who he was with that praise. Then they began to praise and worship the Lord when the word came. Was the answer done yet? No, but they had it settled. They'd settled with that heart of expectancy. God, I'm believing you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to praise you. See, one of the highest forms of faith is the willingness to go ahead and pray. Praise God for what he said, what he declared, what he promised even before it shows up. Begin to thank God and begin to praise God for it. He, he praised God. And then it says, uh, verse, verse 20, Early in the morning, they left the desert of uh, Tekoa, and as they sent them out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. He said, Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Then he goes on, he says, have faith in his prophets, or in other words, the word that came through this prophet, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat pointed, uh, pointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord, his mercies endure forever. So he, he sent the praisers out before the army. See, this is why I called this praise your way through. See, even though it, some of you may not be real big on praise and worship, some of you may not be real excited about the song service at church, but we need to have an attitude and a mindset of praising God as a surrender of our will and a declaration of His goodness and greatness. It's just something you see all the way through the, through the Bible. It, when... They begin to praise, and, and we'll wrap this up with this. As they begin to praise, they sent those praisers out. The army hadn't even, our, our Israeli army had not even shown up yet. And the, and the three nations begin to war against each other. And one, two of them killed one, and then the others two turned on themselves. They killed each other. 
They didn't even fight in that battle. But you know what they got out of that battle? They got all the spoils. It took them three days to carry off the goods, to carry off the blessings, to carry off the reward of being obedient before God. See, I don't know how all this is going to work. I'm not saying that we're going to you know, get to carry off everybody else's, you know, all the, our enemy's stuff. But I can tell you this, that God's going to provide. You know, I don't know how exactly he's going to do it. I don't have to know exactly. I just know, I got to know he is. See, they didn't say, well, God, we'll believe you and we'll celebrate you. We'll worship you. We'll praise you. We'll obey you once we hear what it is. They said, we're doing that before. They've settled that in their heart and in their mind. See, I just want to challenge you to, you know, a big part of our life is to praise God. To make a determination that we're going to praise God in the midst of all this. You say, I don't have much to praise God over. Yeah, you do. If you've got Him as your Lord, you've got eternity sealed up. No matter what the enemy throws at you, no matter how all this turns out, you've got eternity secured. But you can begin to praise God because you know He's going to make a way. I just I just challenge you with that just to begin to, to give God praise. You, you know, when, when uh, something breaks I may get mad for a moment I may get disappointed I'm still a man sometimes I let things uh, affect me but not for long because I say well praise God what an opportunity when all this pandemic and all this you know social distancing all these things happen I didn't like it but I said praise God we got an opportunity you know whenever uh, we begin to look at the challenges that are out there ahead of us we just got to make a decision and say, God, I'm going to praise you through it. I'm going to praise you in spite of the circumstances. I'm going to praise you for what you've done. I'm going to praise you for what you're doing. And I'm going to praise you by faith for what you're going to do because I know it's going to be good. I know you're going to make a way. I know you're going to make provision. You know, tonight, you may have been convicted a little bit about, about putting that extra into your prayer time. I challenge you if, you, if you've never fasted or you need to fast, if you've got extraordinary circumstances out in front of you that need God's provision, I challenge you, go before God and say, God, help me to grow in this area, to seek uh, to seek more, to see more, to be positioned to hear more so that I can receive more on the other end. And so that's a challenge to you. And if you're out there and you're listening and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life or or maybe you've just kind of had an opportunity to pray with a man yesterday who just kind of had grown up in church but left God and wasn't living for God. Maybe you're in that condition and you're not real sure about whether or not you're born again. You know, the Bible says that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says if we'll believe in Jesus Christ and the price that was paid on the cross, in other words, if we believe that He died for our sins and that He was raised again, and if we receive Him as our Lord, we confess Him as Lord, we ask Him to, to be our Lord and Savior, that we're saved. We can be saved. You know the awesome thing about that is, is when we make Jesus Lord and we accept that gift of salvation, that we begin a new path. We, we step from a life headed towards death and eternal damnation to a life that, of, of blessing and blessed hope. And it gives us an opportunity to uh, become children of God and begin to change and transform our, our interaction with God in our time of prayer. But tonight I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus Lord of your life. And so 
unless you're driving, I want you to bow your head and I want you to just pray with me uh, to, to receive Jesus as your Lord if you're not sure or if you've never made that decision. Father, tonight I just pray that you'd, you'd look through uh, and into the lives of everyone watching. And Father God, you know who's, who's right with you, who's ready to meet you, who's made you Lord, and, and you know who's hasn't. Father, I pray that you just draw uh, by you the power of your Holy Spirit any man, any woman, any child, no matter their age, you draw them to you. And Father God, in the, in the process of this sermon, in the process of this time, that you let them know that you love them. And you love them enough to die for their sins, to give them the opportunity to be children of God, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that, that tonight, right now, they'd make that decision to say yes to you. And they'd pray this prayer and they'd say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I have sinned. I've fallen short. But Lord, if you'll have me, I want to make you Lord. And Jesus' response is yes. And so just pray this prayer. Say, Lord, I repent of my sin and I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I invite you into my heart and into my life. Father God, I ask you to guide and direct me into that, onto that new path to change me, to transform me, to make me new. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, all, all across here, uh, you'll never know how many will end up watching these things and, and where they'll end up. If you pray that prayer, uh, and you can get a hold of me through Messenger or, or on our uh, Facebook or the website uh, on uh, Chisholm Trail Cowboy Church website. Uh, man, contact us. Let us know. Get our email. Send it. Send it in. Let us know because we'd love to help you more in a in that walk with God. I'd love to help you uh, with a Bible. Help you with uh, helps things that would help you to walk that walk. And if you're in this uh, in this fight and you need that encouragement uh, as well, you can email us as well with prayer requests or needs. Man, I just want you to know we love you. We care for you. We're looking forward to being back together again livestock market and uh, you know I'm thankful for being able to do this in my home but I'm also very thankful for uh, Dakota and Clarissa Davis who allow us to use that Enid sale barn what a blessing they had a blessing yesterday morning uh, their new baby was here their daughter uh, Kinzen that's it uh, got uh, came into this world uh, blessed and healthy and uh, we're excited for them uh, it's a great time for them so as we close, I want to I want to just close in prayer with you. Uh, if you'd like to give, like to tithe uh, for Chisholm Trail Cowboy Church people, go to their website. Information is there. You can you can give online as well. Let's pray one more time. Father, we just come before you. We thank you and praise you for for the people who's hung with us, who are still here listening to your word and and, and have a heart for prayer. We ask you, Father God, to minister to uh, to them, give them a hope and a and a, and a, uh, a strength during this time. Father God, we just praise and thank you for Enid Livestock Market. Ask you to bless them for allowing us to, to uh, and, and partnering with us in building this cowboy church and seeing it, seeing it uh, do the ministry work of, of Jesus Christ. Pray a blessing upon their business and upon their family. We thank you and we praise you for uh, the offering and those that sow or give in the, in the Chisholm Trail Cowboy Church. But Father God, that you bless them in return. You make provision because we're, we're being obedient 
follow your will and your direction uh, for our lives and, and through our finances. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.